Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sherlisten, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock. Sherlisten. 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 Jesus Christ, Benjamin, it is Easter Sunday here in the Shumbra Bug in the tiny room. And I tell you what, all's quiet as it is usually so on Easter Sunday on the Western Front. But sure, look it. <laughs> Benjamin, look, let's just be honest with the listeners. We have to do this again. And that was the f- it was much funnier the first time I said it. But the, the listeners have missed out now. Benjamin, sure, look it. We've had a look at yeah. Moon Knight episode three. Yeah. And you've watched a film which I've never heard of or seen. Very good. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't good enough, and it really isn't when you think about a weekly uh, podcast yeah, on pop culture, we're going, to, we're going to be taking a deep dive into old JC, Michael, or rather his mirror reflections here on this mortal little ball that we call Earth. We're looking at Christ figures in popular culture. Very good, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. If we have any religious listeners and we haven't already lost them, we're almost certainly going to lose them before the end of this episode. Michael, I'm fairly certain if you're in any way a religious person, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. Yes, you probably shouldn't because it's a very sacrilegious. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of religious worship, we've seen episode three of Marvel's Moon Knight. I tell you what, Michael, my religious worship for that show has just taken a sharp nosedive. I'm having what we would call a religious crisis. Oh, that's very good. You're having a crisis crisis of faith, Benjamin. I'll tell you before I tell you anything else. Of all of the episodes of Moon Knight, including episodes one and two... Yeah, very good. This is yeah. uh, this is the only one that I haven't immediately watched twice. Yeah, Michael, I felt this was a a very weak episode. If oh. I'm being honest with you, oh go on. Um, oh, go I on. thought the writing was very poor. Mm. I thought some of the acting choices were shockingly bad. Mm. Um, and it felt it all it all felt a little bit rushed to me, Michael Benjamin. I very much agree with you that it was it felt a bit rushed. You were saying earlier when we were talking off the air, Benjamin, that. It feels almost like there's a missing episode. Yes, I did. I, I mentioned I, I felt so much was the cramming of this particular episode and so disjointed was the tone throughout, Michael. I thought we might have been getting little snippets from another episode that we might not get to see anymore. Mm. It did have mm. a feel, didn't it? Of a, Like a real show that was hit by COVID. Yeah, it did have a... It did have a oh, fuck! Oh, this has been ruined by COVID. One of the actors has a COVID. Hmm. We're going to have to shut down production. Mm. We don't have time to shut down production. The budget is already huge. We're in bloody Egypt. Yeah. This is awful. Yeah. And they weren't in Egypt, Michael. They were obviously on a set somewhere. Oscar Isaac is here. Oscar Isaac is here. He's a known anti-Covidist. He's a very small little fella, but he's got a huge appetite and we have to keep feeding him kofta. It's, it's a real shame that he's gotten such a taste for this kofta. Yeah. <laughs> It's so bloody expensive. That was so a weird segue from us there, ladies and gentlemen. So expensive, but look at the size of him. He's only a small little fella. Benjamin. Go on. I think the fault in this thing was the writing. This was a very oddly written episode. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, Michael, a little bit earlier when we were off air. Yeah, 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 because we that, weren't recording that, properly. That you felt that the Layla scene was a little bit odd at the beginning, the cold open. Dreadful, Ben. One of yeah. the worst scenes I've seen in television history. Just it's two people <laughs> discussing one character's backstory. It's a little bit lazy, isn't it, Michael? Oh, it was absolutely appalling. Hey, Layla, I know that you've known me your whole life, 
but you haven't been the same ever since your father died mysteriously in that accident and you never knew your mother so that's why you're the tough no-nonsense chick that you are today. And then Layla going, yes, that is entirely correct but I steal for the good of the countries not for me but sometimes a little profit because I'm a scallion as well. Oh, Oh, look at me. A wee hell razor, as they say. Jesus Christ, Benjamin. One of the worst... To keep in theme with this week's episode, Jesus Christ, Benjamin. One of the worst ever um, two characters explaining each other's backstory to each other I've ever seen on television. Very on the nose, Michael. Very, very bad. Just, 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 just ramming exposition down just the throats. Two characters saying exposition to each other. Absolutely shocking. Don't, don't let any of your past catch up to you while you're in Cairo, Layla. Yeah, uh, because because you're going to Cairo to find Mark Spector, who's having who you used to be married to, and. Um, and now you're going there, like some of your other adventures. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, by, I know. By the way, not explained how she knows Mark Spector fucked off to Egypt. No. Um, not explained how she knows exactly what he's looking for when she catches up to him in a market. She's like, oh, you're looking for uh, Sefu's sarcophagus. I get you. And it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. Get, get the fuck out of here. Who? Um, what? what? What's going on? Benjamin, very on. odd. Very, very odd. And I mean, the whole scene with the art dealer fellow... Oh, I, Gaspar, who's now passed away, sadly. Unfortunately, um, yeah. He passed away accident. in a skiing accident. Yeah, yeah very um, dangerous. Stay away from it. Don't be skiing, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be skiing. But he's very weak. As mm. He's not. He he is not a charismatic presence on screen. He's good in an L perfume ad. What, so, was the, what was the point of that whole scene, Ben? There there wasn't one. It was very strange. I think it was to show off Egypt and Egyptian culture, Egypt. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I understand that. Show a bit of Stephen and Jay and um, and Mark working together. Well, now here's here's the real kicker for me, Michael. Is Stephen and Mark working together? Stephen Grant is all of a sudden gone from being a lowly parasite sharing the body mm. to an essential piece of this thing, based on Layla's three or four interactions with him briefly. Yeah, but she fancies him now, Ben, because she nice. fancies him now because he's got books and stuff. He's got books and stuff, which is the same method you use. Uh, it is actually, and it works quite well. Um, you call it the Stephen Grant method. Benjamin. Yeah. There were some acting highlights, though. Go on. Tell me a little bit more there, Michael. I'll tell you a little bit about the acting highlights, Ben. My favourite acting highlight was when little tiny fella Oscar Isaac, <laughs> when he was possessed by Conchu. Yeah. And Conchu was shouting out of his mouth. Yes, it was very good, Michael. Very, I was, very, uh, uh, very jarring at points. That, so I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was my favourite bit. That was a good bit. What are you it doing? Uh, what I'm you looking at Oscar Isaac's height because I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm very curious as to why you're calling him a tiny little fella. He's only a tiny little fella. Benjamin. Go on. The whole trial of Conchu scene where they brought in Arthur oh, Harrow and so all the other bad. gods. It was straight out of like a cheap supernatural clone. Uh, Power Rangers or something like There's an Irishman possessed by a. There was an Irishman then. He was from Donegal. He was clearly from Donegal. He's from Donegal. No, he is actually from Donegal. I'm loving it. I'm loving how many Irish people are in this. We've had that's, an Irishman an episode. So that's uh, DC Billy. I can't remember his very Irish second name, but he was there as well. Give a little woohoo. Yeah. Oh, man. What Brilliant. a strange. What a strange scene that was, Michael. It was straight out of pa- Power Rangers meets Supernatural. Power Rangers set dressing. Meets supernatural, classic kind of 
oh, it's a human form God kind of yeah, thing. Because that's cheaper. Because that's much cheaper. Michael, what a load of bollocks. Like, <laughs> they have to be the most, the most negligent gods in the world in terms of keeping an eye on what's happening. Mm. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Arthur Harrow, former former avatar of Khonshu, is now trying to free Amit, which we've all sworn never to do. Surely yeah. that bears some kind of investigation. Hang on, are you saying you're mentally ill? Oh, well, we can't trust you. Oh, yeah. Khonshu, you little bollocks. Yeah, let's so go and, strange. Let's go and ask Arthur. Arthur, are you trying to find Amit? Oh, no. Oh, Grand, oh, then. Grand, okay, on your way. Not only that, Michael, but he answers the questions in the cheekiest little I'm a bollocks way ever. He's like, oh, I didn't know walking on the sands was a crime. <laughs> oh, 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 no, it wasn't me, uh, Your Honour. <laughs> meanwhile, like the Egyptian gods who will not give Conchu a word in edgewise are like, oh, he's fine. He's grand. He's fine. Nothing suspicious about that at all. If being sexy is a crime, Your Honour, then find me guilty. <laughs> yeah. There, there's no way a disciple of Amet with a large tattoo on his forearm uh, decrying as much would possibly yeah. try and actually find Amet. That would be yeah. strange. As well, and we found him in the desert near the tomb. Ridiculous, Benjamin. Ridiculous. The whole, the whole episode is full of things like that, Benjamin. Conchu's plan at the end was the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in my adult life. Turn back to the sky. Tur- he turned back. To- ben, there's an app for that. Yeah, probably. There's an app. No, not probably. It's called Stellaris. I have okay, it on my phone. Okay, it's a real thing. <laughs> There's an app. You can just go on the internet anywhere in the world and find out exactly what the sky looked like on any night you can possibly imagine, Benjamin. It is well documented. Oh, wow. That's a very interesting. Come here to me, Michael. It seems like, um, seems like it answers a very strong question, though, which is who's stronger, Asgardian gods or Egyptian gods? Fucking Egyptian gods. Apparently. They can control fucking time and space. Entirely, in its entirety. Yeah. They also mentioned the other void. Uh, the other void is a concept that was brought to us by Jeff Lemire. Noted oh, good ben old Jeff. impersonator Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, when he did his run Welcome to New Egypt, the other void is where Egyptian gods are kind of exist without avatars. So that's why they need avatars. Ah. Um, and they've largely left the affairs of man. But it's a classic lazy god thing, isn't it? It's like, yeah. we chose not to meddle in the affairs of men. It's like, okay. All right. Seems weird. Sounds like a pretty good excuse to me. And then the other one was like, and we have avatars to observe just the same. It's like, surely you could just leave. Like, if yeah. you weren't interested, just just leave. We have avatars to observe, such as this fellow from Donegal. Yes, he met us in Donegal when we were on holiday in Ireland in the, in the pub. <laughs> Letter Kenny, very nice. Very not nice. Many, not many services, quite small. <laughs> Limited public transport options, difficult yes. to reach. <laughs> One comic book shop, quite nice though. Is there a nice comic book shop in Letter Kenny? There's a nice comic book shop in Donegal, yes. Uh, Do I you think they've it? rebranded. Oh, I, can't remember. I, th- I think they're called Endgame Comics. Now. Would you like to? Uh, would, you like, would we take a little wander up to? We should do. We start doing little travel vlogs to comic book shops all, all over right, Ireland. Let's do a travel vlog. All right, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yes. There were some highlights, though. My, the highlight for me was, other than Mark Spector shouting because Conchu was possessing him, was Very the good. disassociative disentity or order. Yeah, Michael. Uh, those those were excellent. Those were back on form. I would I would like to see more of those. It's fun. So it's funny. 
the disjointed writing that isn't intentional is quite bothersome. But when it's fully intentional, you're like, oh, the antics. Look at him. Look oh. at him. What's going on? Who's doing all these murders? So Mark Spector versus three Egyptian thugs is, is mm. just a great little uh, opening plot, Michael. That should have been the cold open. There's your bloody cold open. Yeah. Um, but come here to me. One of the things that I found so interesting there is we get a little, we get a little, uh, little taste of a third personality, Michael. Mm, some sort of real murderous sociopath. Yeah, so I think that's probably our first hint at Jake Loxley. Mm, who's that, Benjamin? Tell us, tell me and the listeners, even though I know. Uh, you know very well, Michael. Jake Loxley is one of the three dissociated identities of Mark Spector. And he was mm. kind of the grim and gritty ear to the ground to get the information from New York, New York City, because he's a cabbie in he's New York. A taxi. And he's driving around and people spill their secrets to a cabbie. Ha <laughs> uh, My cabbie sounds like uh, Stan Lee. A little bit. Uh, a little bit. So that's for whatever reason. But Jake Loxley is the the third personality that would kind of do the street beat, Michael, because Stephen Grant traditionally is a, is a big old playboy philanthropist. Mm. And Mark Spector is a big assassiny mercenary boy. But Benjamin, we've seen from the first two episodes of this, episode one, two, and now episode three, that Marvel, Disney are very happy to ditch established Moon Knight lore. Yeah, so the suit being, Mr. Knight's suit being the first thing, um, one of my uh, yeah, Mister I mean, uh, Mister Knight's oh, Mister Knight's costume being the first thing, <laughs> and Stephen Grant being a gift shoppist being gift another shoppist, thing. Yeah. Um, so perhaps Jake Loxley is just an utter psychopath. Exactly, Benjamin, and other things like the suit itself being mystical, or Moon Knight himself definitely yeah. having powers, as we see in this episode, Benjamin Moon Knight. Absolutely, 100% definitely has very supernatural powers. Conchu says, my healing suit. Without my healing Mm. suit, you wouldn't get very far. What a load of bollocks. He got stabbed a load of times with big spears. That one of one of the most enjoyable micro moments for that was me, where Stephen was like, "Give me a chance, give me a chance, give me a chance." All right, Mark, take it back, take it back, take, take it back. back. I've been that stabbed with good. loads of big spears. That was very good. I enjoyed that. Um, but come here to me, Michael. That whole scene where he's being stabbed through with spears very fucking silly. Because mm. um, he just he gets stuck in place, then yeah. defies physics by doing a little twisty twist. Breaks all the sticks. Yeah, to save Layla. Layla, who doesn't need much saving, by the way. Um, I want to know more about the weird Egyptian-style necklace thing that she was wearing as a weapon. Where's that? Give me more of that. It's good for stabbing that fella. Good, st- good for stabbing that fella who she was on very good terms with not 15 minutes earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. That whole scene was weird. Yeah. It, that it do- whole scene was bonkers weird. I don't know if we've talked about it now or when we were recording earlier, Ben, but the whole scene was very disjointed and odd. Yeah, so the the, the entire concept of Sifu's sarcophagus as a MacGuffin was irritating to me. Um, more than that, the fact that that man, uh, whose name escapes me, I'm sorry, I can't remember who Gaspar some, such and such plays. What's his name? Or what's he, who's he supposed to be? Midnight Man is the character name in the comics, but I can't remember the character name. So we don't get much of a hint of Midnight Man at all, Michael. No, no, um, no. From that maybe character. Benjamin, maybe the plan was for him to come back. I, I think that probably was the plan, which unfortunately now won't happen. Um, I think we get a hint because uh, Moon Knight chucks an L, an L moon at him and moon you hear him go, ah, as he rides off into the distance. So maybe he finds Arthur Harrow. Arthur Harrow gives him another little taste of Egyptian something, something. Mm, and... Perhaps. Arthur Harrow's taste of power was the greatest load of shite as well like he's like oh I burned the sarcophagus but I didn't actually everything's fine inside the sarcophagus (laughs) I've mildly inconvenienced the heroes yeah I got him 
I got them. I've mildly inco- I've inconvenienced them less than them not knowing about the app Stellaris. <laughs> also, one of the things that I really don't like is that he's always there. Arthur Harrow can just go wherever he wants. He's teleporting about the place with his magic stick. Yeah, I... Look, they're constantly being followed. You think they'd be a little bit more wary at this point. And it's like, this man has tremendous reach and power. We should probably mm. be careful. Oh, um, he's here again. Yeah, they should really just build that into the thing when they meet people. Like, by the way, there's going to be a lad in um, a yoga suit. He's going to yeah. rock up. Yeah. He's going to have a cane. He's yeah. going to say things that don't make a lot of sense. You're going to feel your will bend a little bit. Don't. Mm. Yeah, he's going to tell you about recce energies. Yeah, he's going to try and realign your chakras. And if he gets it wrong, you die. Yeah, I'll realign your chakras is what you should say back to him. Benjamin! Yeah, yeah. That's enough of Moon Knight episode three, I feel. I'm bloody sick of talking about it. Okay, go on then. Uh, Hopefully Moon Knight episode four is a bit better. Even the fight scenes, Ben. Even the fight scenes, which were good, weren't that great. They were straight out of uh, Hawkeye final episode on the ice rink. Mm. Same thing, Everybody same energy. Big flip, yeah. Same energy, same weird cuts. There's a weird... Did you see the scene where his cape gets pulled? No, I don't remember that. And they break the flow of the fight completely. He gets pulled back with the cape a little bit. And then he does kind of a really slow turn to grapple the guy who's pulled his cape. And you're just like, that's not supposed to be in. That was a practice choreography move. And you've oh, stuck it in the fucking show. Oh, um, have a look. It's really... You, of all people, would get a real kick out of it. Look, watch for the cape pull. It's weird. I'm always dragging people around by their capes. Yeah, that's why you don't wear them. Edna, Edna mode. No capes. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing. Uh, come here to me, Michael. From from one... Benjamin. Uh, yeah, go on. Maybe episode four will be uh, Moon Knight's Redemption. Yeah, Michael, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Um, he's, he's a bit of a rogue now and probably needs a bit of redeeming. But uh, that leads us on to our next topic in a buttery smooth Kerrygold segue, Michael, to Redemption of a Rogue. I watched a film, Michael. Oh, yeah. Uh, not, not, not but last eve. Oh, very good. Yeah, and it's oddly timely for this week's theme of Christ figures. So, Redemption of a Rogue is a 2020 film uh, that came out, uh, sorry, a 2020 film that's Irish. It's it's made by Fish Heron and Cavan County Council. I'm, I'm not Cavan even, County Council? I'm not even kidding. Huge involvement from Cavan County Council in making this film. I thought they film. were just doing lakes. Yeah, really weird. Uh, Cavan County Council? I thought their main job was filling lakes up with water. I think it is a lot of the time, but occasionally they stop to make films. Nourish the artistic soul, so to speak. Go on. So, Michael, I I went and I watched this film, and I didn't know what to expect. I watched the trailer, and the trailer pitches it as a black comedy, right? All right. So I went, I don't know what this is. This is weird. Uh, Michael, nothing could have prepared me for the film that I watched, right? Go on. So, the film centers around a a man called Jimmy Cullen. Okay, classic Irish name. And Jimmy Cullen wants to die. All right, classic Irish issue. He would like to hang himself. Oh, yeah, classic Irish issue, yeah. But before he hangs himself, he decides to go back to his little town in Cavan. Cavan. And make amends. Yes. Right, so he attempts to do this. Right? Go on. And in the process, he meets his father, who is a big old bastard. Ben, you're just describing the programme Peacemaker. I'm describing the programme Peacemaker, but this came out in 2020. Oh, that's before Peacemaker. It's before Peacemaker. So anyway, he goes and his dad's a bit of a bastard and his light spoilers for the start of the film, his dad dies. All right, okay. That's not like the film Peacemaker. When his father dies, it kicks off a plague of rain in the town of Cavan. Okay. Ben, 
Yeah. In Cavan, they just call that summer. They just call that summer, Michael. So that's what we get, right? And then, Michael, religious allegory kind of takes over. Okay? So we get a lot of kind of traditional Catholic imagery. Uh, and it, there, there are certain scenes that are taken from the Bible and adapted with weird Irish humour. Um, and it's it's phenomenal. It's this bizarre, absurdist film it really boggles your brain to watch because you're like, this is very Irish. And it's not Irish in the way that we see with some films where it's like, hey, people from Ireland will know this. Hey, look at us. We're Irish. All right, it's not like, he's not like, oh, I'd murder for a Guinness, you know, and everybody goes, hey, Guinness. <laughs> I'm Irish and I love a Guinness. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that at all. This is a case of like, give us man, a pack of potatoes. Y- your man going into the, into the deli and being like, uh, do you want spicy or plain mayo or butter? <laughs> and it's, very good. There's weird moments that only Irish people will be like, ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Did you leave the bleeding immersion on? <laughs> yeah, and there's it, there's a bit of that, but none of it's like, hey, we're all Irish here. It's it's okay. it's a much more kind of dark look, I suppose, at rural Ireland, and it's it's pretty damn interesting. So anyway, this play kicks off, Michael. Go on. And uh, what happens is the children start to go mute in the town. Um, they don't. To me. They don't talk anymore. They won't eat. So it's another little plague and stuff. And what we get, Michael, is Jimmy Cullen, who's not very well loved, because it turns out that Jimmy Cullen, when he was driving when he was younger, um, and again, light spoilers here, had a little car crash, and his girlfriend at the time got left in a wheelchair. Oh. Um, and he did a runner. Classic um, Jimmy. He ran off and led a life of sin elsewhere. It's hinted that it's New York, but it's not really important to the story. So anyway. By the end of it, it turns out that this plague of rain is 40 days and 40 nights, Michael. Like the Josh Hartnett film. Like the Josh Hartnett film. Or Lent, as oh, it's Lent, commonly yeah. known That's... in the Catholic tradition. No, I was thinking um, of one where Josh Hartnett can't have sex and he gets raped. <laughs> what? Isn't that what happens in that? What film is this? This is Josh Hartnett one, 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, goodness. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, that's made me very uncomfortable, Michael. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no That was no a hard good. R. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no good. Oh, wow. No good at all. But come here to me. I, it's a comedy. I, I happened to watch this 40 Days and 40 Nights. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so anyway, watching this, Michael, is a weird experience because you're watching it going, what the fuck is going on? But at the same time, you're watching it going, this is fucking fantastic. It has the best editing and cinematography I have seen in any film oh it's so good like Go the on. the visuals here the the acting is solid the acting is incredibly stylized the dialogue is incredibly stylized but it works incredibly well because it never breaks within the world of the film so this tiny little town in cavan becomes its yeah. own little set piece mm. Um, and you get to watch these characters interact in this bizarre way and it this plague of rain is only affecting the town of cavan all oh, right yeah, so it's 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 a fascinating movie, and we watch this Jimmy Cullen fella try to wrestle with his past and make sense of his present, and ah, oh, it's really good and so funny at the same time. There's moments where you're just like, <laughs> that's very good. Look at that. Um, it's a bizarre film. It it comes from like the mind of Samuel Beckett. If Samuel Beckett had one too many pints on a Saturday and wrote a film on a Sunday morning. It, I think it, he. I think he would have. I think he probably would have. I think that's a very Beckettian thing to do. Mm. Um, I couldn't get over it. But anyway, uh, major spoilers now for the end of the film. Michael. Oh, here we go. Okay. 
Uh, and what makes this so important for this week's episode is that it turns out that because Jimmy is directly responsible for the death of his father, he has to sacrifice himself, Michael. He only has to go and follow through on his original wish to hang himself. Oh, no. But Michael, he's had a yes. ton of character growth over the oh, 40 no. days and 40 nights, and now he doesn't want to go. Oh, no. Ah, Michael, what a film. What a Christ-like figure um, is cut by one Jimmy Cullen. And Michael, if you'll notice, write those initials out for me there. J C. JC, just like JC Chavez from the from the band, I don't know which one it is, um, NSYNC. No, is Michael, it? no, Michael. It's a reference to noted worshipped figure, John Cena. Um, John Cena. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Exactly, that's who it is. <laughs> no, it's obviously Christ, Michael. Um, now, this this wears its religious kind of nods on its sleeve again in a heavily stylized way Michael but what makes it so unique I think is that it's Irish Catholicism at its at its heart so it's it's the kind of iconography that you would see in your grandparents house there's there's a lot of stuff with like the child of Prague and Mm. there's a whole bit to do with its head coming off and then my mum who was watching it from afar kept poking yes. her head in and was like oh, you can never keep the head of a, on a child of Prague apparently that's a thing Ben apparently that's a thing apparently that's a I thing I had that's no a thing. idea apparently that's the point of them or something I don't know if it's good luck or bad luck I or Satan no I don't know idea but they try everything and Michael to say that this film there's a whole um, there's a whole afterlife sequence like a, a journey across the the river sticks kind of vibe but in an Irish theme Fucking phenomenal film, Michael. Um, oh, very good. I couldn't get over it as a film. Now, it's odd, it's weird, but it's so good at the same time. Um, it's on Netflix. It's only just dropped there. Redemption of a Rogue. Um, and I was honestly so pleasantly taken aback and surprised by this film. Um, I can't believe it hasn't gotten more recognition. Um, Benjamin, I will give it a watch and the listeners will give it a watch and we'll all come back at you if it's no use. Yeah, absolutely do. No, come at me. It's absolutely fine. But I, I honestly, I, it's honestly a film that it's, it's one of those great moments where you sit down and you watch something with no expectation and then you come away mm. from it going, Jesus, that was very fucking good. A very good. Very good. So give it a watch, Michael, and tell me what you think. Well, I give thought it, a watch. it was phenomenal. I, I think, you know... Very often when we get an Irish film, Michael, it is, it's not that it's no use, right? But it leans too heavily into, ah, we all know what it's like to be Irish, huh? Uh, Yeah, we all know. Package of tato. Package of tato. And it's, it's fine and it's grand, but it's a little on the nose. This is something that does it in such a different way. It's reminiscent of In Bruges, but arguably even better. But in Cavan. In Cavan, yeah. yeah. Benjamin. So I was all for it, yeah. Of course, Benjamin. As you were saying there, this one wears its bloody, its religious allegories on its sleeve. Very good. But Benjamin, not all films do, despite what underlying secrets they might contain. <laughs> oh, winky, winky, nudgy, nudgy, look at us, segueing. We've segued beautifully there, Benjamin. Why don't you tell the listeners, Ben, what we mean exactly by a Christ figure? Do you feel our segues are often ruined by the fact that we openly call out our segues? Yes, almost everything we do. Anytime we do anything remotely clever or interesting, we ruin it by patting ourselves on the back. It's, yeah, at this point, I think we should probably get checked for hairline fractures along the L scapula. <laughs> right.
No, not scapula. What's that one in the back? Because of, pa- because of patting ourselves on the back so yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, I get it. That yeah, was yeah. not a bad joke, Benjamin. Uh, well, um, we've pointed it out now, so just yeah, out of the pile. Out That's of the pile. <laughs> Benjamin, yeah. tell the listeners what you mean by a Christ figure. So, Michael, throughout fiction, we get Christ figures. Um, mm. And what they are is they're, they're usually characters, usually male, not always, but usually male. Not always, but usually. Um, yeah. Who parallel the story of Christ Benjamin, what is the story of Christ? So there's this lad, right? Yeah. And, uh, well, l- let me let me set the scene first, right? Oh, here we go. The yeah, earth is Bethlehem. in fucking shambles. Right. It's a bit shit down here. Yeah. Okay. So the big man upstairs. Yeah. Played by Morgan Brendan Freeman. Gleeson. Yeah, or <laughs> Brendan Gleeson. I'll take either. Yeah, uh, all right. He he goes right. I'm gonna sort this out. How will I best sort this out? I'll send a white man to Earth and uh, <laughs> chucks down his son. Right? Yeah. And he who's tells also son, himself, Ben? Who's also himself? In yes, a weird, don't forget that. That's very important. Self-congratulatory, masturbatory way. Yes, uh, it's also himself. And he chucks him down, Michael, and he says, "Come here to me. Listen to me, right?" Yeah. And Jesus calls. Why is it that? And he goes, you're going to save them, yeah? yeah. And Jesus goes, all right, I can do that. Yeah, no bother. And he goes, how am I going to do that, Dad? And he goes, right, you know when you know when you feel like being a little bollocks? And Jesus goes, yeah, Dad. He goes, don't do that. Don't do that, yeah. And he goes, you know when you see other people being little bollockses? Yeah. And Jesus goes, yeah, Dad, yeah. He goes, yeah, tell them not to do that. Okay, I will, yeah, I'll tell them not to do that. And Jesus goes, yeah, that's no bother, Dad, I'll do that, yeah. So anyway, uh, Jesus goes about the place uh, being a little fucking snitch. Um, <laughs> and giving out to people and saying, "Ah, here, here, give over, give that over, give now, that please. over there, will you? Will All you, right, folks? Let's finish that up there, please. Fuck's sake, me, fuck's sake, me, <laughs> give that over, right? And that goes fine. That's going pretty well. Um, he's getting a few Insta followers here and there. Oh bloody hell! And uh, okay, yeah, loads, loads of people are like, "Ah, oh, this Jesus young is all right. He's a bit." He's a, Bit obnoxious, but he's all right. Yeah, he's doing the right thing. So he's a bit much sometimes. Then what happens, Michael? <laughs> you know, there's a few incidents, and um, then what happens is we get a big old gap. Um, Jesus deletes his Instagram, um, <laughs> and, and he fecks off a bit. Right? He says taking some time <laughs> off socials for my mental he's, health. He's taking some time off socials. Uh, thanks for the good wishes, hun. If you want to get in touch with me, you can look at my backup account. It's over here. Um, and so he, he takes a little time off and we get a big old gap from the ages of 15 yeah. to 30. Yeah. Um, and assumedly, he just got, he, he goes hell for leather there, Michael. And then his dad goes, you don't you think you're taking the piss there, son? And he goes, all right, yeah. dad, go back and I'll do the other thing. So he heads back and uh, then he really starts in on him. He's like, oh, look, I'm older and wiser now, boys. And uh, I know I said don't be doing that earlier, but you really shouldn't be doing that now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't messing. I wasn't messing. So anyway, then um, yep. God decides to give him a real fucking hard time. Yeah. Um, so one of the things he has to do is he has to go into the old desert mm. for 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, like like Josh Hartnett. Yeah, like Josh Hartnett in that film. Where there's a hard R, um, <laughs> for some reason, and uh, yeah, he sets about in the desert, and Jesus is like, what's what's this supposed to achieve? That and he goes, ah, oh, you know, it's just to show um, that you're, you know, you're tough. And Jesus goes, yeah, that seems a bit arbitrary though, because I've got a big following, and you know, they're all on board. And he's like, ah, yeah, but you know, this will really show them. 
And Jesus is like, all right, that's it's a bit fucking weird, Dad, but yeah, okay. Um, so he heads off into the desert and then he meets this little bollocks called Lucifer. Yeah. And Lucifer's From like, the hey, television come, show. come here to me, Jesus. You're not shit, yeah? You're not shit, right? And Jesus is like, I'm actually fairly sound. Loads of people think so. And Lucifer's like, nah, come here to me, right? What I'll do, right? What I'll do is, I'll set you up, man. I'll set you up, man. You'll have the best fucking life. All you have to do is say, fuck your dad. And Jesus yeah. goes, oh, I don't know if my dad be all right. That that doesn't sound good to me. That doesn't sound good to me. Um, and he, he keeps doing that, basically. It's a back and forth between those two with, with Lucifer going, ah, go on. And Jesus going, no, you're all right. And uh, then after 40 days, God is like, oh, well done. Well done. You've done it. Good man. Good man yourself. And Jesus is like, cheers, dad. Yeah, sound. And it's a very Irish relationship where the dad is like, good man. And Jesus is like, yeah, grand. Um, and it's very awkward. And then um, God springs the big one on him and he's like, oh, by the way, yes, you're doing great work, um, yes. but actually you have to die. Oh, great. And Jesus goes, sorry, what, come again, pal? Um, and he goes, yeah, you're going to have to die, yeah? And Jesus goes, oh, no, I'm going to go have dinner with me mates uh, to say goodbye. <laughs> so they all head down to Nando's and they sit around the table. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they all head down to Nando's yeah, and they yeah, sit yeah, around yeah, the yeah. table. And then this little rat called Judas comes up to him, right? And he gives him an old fucking peck on the cheek. And Jesus goes, oh, oh you yeah. little fucking bastard. You snake, Judas. Uh, and then he gets carted out and he has to carry a big wooden plank along the building yeah. sites up to the top of the scaffolding. And um, then they stick him on a cross, right? Yeah. Um, so he drinks a bit too much. He goes up on the cross. And then um, that's the end of it, really. And they, uh, they cart him off to his little studio flat for 1600 a month because that's times we live in and uh, they chuck him inside and then three days later he comes out and he goes oh fucking hell lads oh, that was me a rough one. <laughs> me that was a rough one right I'm back I'm back right I'm sorting it out I'm sorting it out and uh, God says oh no you don't need to be back uh, In uh, you know when you died there that actually saved everybody and yeah, Jesus goes you're some fucking prick that and now they don't talk now they don't talk much at all um, you know because it was a bit of a fucking ordeal what does his uh, what does his mate Tomo think? Uh, and Tomo is like, hey, would you give over? You're some waffler. I knew Jesus. You're not fucking Jesus. That's exactly what Tomo said. Benjamin, yeah. I just had a phone call. There it was. Uh, it was the papacy. Yeah, uh, they're sending uh, they're sending an albino Paul Bethany to get you. Oh, excellent. They, they weren't best pleased with that. Um, I'm. That's actually my pitch for RTE. An albino Paul Bethany coming after you. <laughs> no, that entire. Um, it's going to be called, instead of love, hate, it's going to be called uh, forgive and forget. Oh, very good. And, uh, it's, all about, it's all about a young fella called uh, JC going around Dublin. JC going through <laughs> Dublin. Very good. Benjamin, yeah. now that you've fully alienated any of the listeners who had even the slightest uh, interest, sometimes people take the story of Jesus and his dying and coming back. <laughs> To save humankind. And they subtly or unsubtly stick it into their other stories. Yeah, they do that sometimes. Um, sometimes, Benjamin. Yes, Let's start do. with the most famous one. Yeah, the most famous one being uh, top of the list there, Michael. Uh, Aslan. Aslan. The band Aslan, also from Dublin. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's who it is. It's Christy. Uh, it's, it's Jimmy Christy. That's the name of my character in the RTE pitch. Mm. But anyway, come here to me. Aslan. 
Bloody Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Bloody C.S. Lewis. From from Northern Ireland, of all places, Michael. C.S. Lewis was from Northern Ireland, was he? Yeah, there you go. Didn't know that uh, until An I went up to Belfast and saw there's an entire uh, district of East Belfast named C.S. Lewis Square. And it's all C.S. Lewis themed. Benjamin, an absolute religious nutbag from Northern Ireland. Who would have ever thought? I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> Funnily enough, Michael, that is the thing that will get us cancelled. Like, <laughs> my entire blasphemous fucking yeah. shenanigans there. Grant, That'll be fine, will it? You've just had I, a go. You've just made it so much worse. What I said, yeah. Because there's, there's never been such a thing as an absolute religious nutbag from Northern Ireland. No, Hold on, I think, I think we have Ian Paisley Jr. on the line. Um, he's sending the ghost of his dad after me. Benjamin! <laughs> yeah. Benjamin, be quiet for a second. Go on. Um, C.S. Lewis, Benjamin, he did the line, The Witch in the Wardrobe. Yes. But he was... A notorious cataholic. Yes, uh, cataholic, mad for cats. Absolutely addicted to cats. <laughs> and cats. he, uh, he was, um, he was not subtle with his Christ figures, was he, Ben? <laughs> no, he was not, Michael. Uh, Aslan has the literal crucifixion of Christ, um, kind of take part in his own life, where the the witch uh, of yes. the line, the witch in the wardrobe, gets to give him an L sacrifice on a stone plinth. Um, but yes. she doesn't understand the old magics and Liam Neeson then comes back and he's like oh, I actually have all the power oh. I'm back it was me the whole time Benjamin but the line the witch in the wardrobe is the most famous Aslan is Jesus par- parallel yeah um, but Benjamin it's constant it's if have you read the rest of the books Benjamin no I haven't Michael now I'm going back many years since I read these books but You'll correct me if I'm wrong, Benjamin. I won't. In the I'm last one. Yeah. In the last one, everyone dies. Maybe. And no, for sure. And um and Aslan welcomes them into the new Narnia. Oh because n- the the world ends and he welcomes them into the new Narnia, which is his creation. And only through him can you enter this new heavenly Narnia. So you have to go through Aslan? Yeah, not literally through him. You don't oh, okay. have to go in through his mouth and out through his bottom. I thought it was a weird vor thing for a second. Fair enough. That would be a that would be an interesting tunnel, wouldn't it? Yeah, just climb in through that lion's mouth. There, you'll pop out in his bum in heaven. Benjamin. And then it turns out that the lion has just been waiting to eat everybody, and has finally tricked them all into going down easy. He's got them, Benjamin. C.S. Lewis, though, Benjamin was a devoted catholic, and yeah. to the point of, have you read his thoughts on Aslan, Benjamin? I haven't. Michael, you have me at a pure disadvantage here, unfortunately. I'll, I'll tell you about his thoughts of Aslan then. Aslan, Benjamin. This is C.S. Lewis's own words, Blen. Go on. Aslan is not an allegory of Christ. Okay. Aslan is Christ. Oh, God. Exactly. Yes. Well, the son of oh, and okay. also God at the same time. Um, Aslan is Christ in an imaginary world. Right. So Jesus is Christ in our world. This is according to C.S. Lewis, the noted religious lunatic from Northern Ireland. Um, he, in, in our world, in the real world, Benjamin, yeah. and we'll, we, we won't get into that, but in the real world, Christ manifested at Jesus. But Christ's manifestation in the imaginary world of Narnia is Aslan. Oh, God. So no Jesus and or Christ whatever I don't know Ben I don't know what term to use so Aslan is Jesus he's not an allegory of Jesus Ben he is Jesus right 
So um, maybe he's not the right one for the topic then, because it's as far as C.S. Lewis is concerned, it's like a factual retelling of how God would manifest in yeah. this imaginary world. I, I do feel that we should point out that you keep calling him a Catholic. He's not. He's a he's a Protestant. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's a, a Protestant. Protestant. He, he's well. He's a he's Church he's of Ireland. Jesus. So was he? Yeah, he was Church of Ireland initially. Um, right. Then he had a little. He had a little moment where he left the church, Michael. Go on. Um, and there were lots of reasons he did that. Uh, he became an atheist at age 15. Um, and then later on, he was like, he described himself. So these are his exact words. He was very angry with God for not existing and equally angry yes. with him for creating a world. That doesn't make any sense. So we knew he was a nut job back then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he, um, he then came back um, and he died uh, an Anglican. Oh yeah, um, he died of Anglicanism. Uh, he died of Anglicanism. It got into his bones, and that was the end of him. Oh, um, very good, Benjamin. But yeah, I mean, I suppose Michael, one of the one of the key things from uh, C.S. Lewis is the inspiration he had on other writers because he was a very good pal. Yes, of one J.R. Tolkien. J.R. Tolkien, I believe. His yeah. Name is. Uh, Jer Tolkien. Um, they were in Oxford together, Ben. They were always having a pint. They were always having a pint and a pray. Um, and talk about Jesus. And talking about Jesus. Uh, and it was a whole thing, Michael. It was a whole thing that they had together. But, Michael, he was yes. very uh, influential on LJR because we got a lot of Christ figures in the old Lord of the Rings. Well, Ben, J.R. Tolkien was a notorious cataholic, absolutely addicted to cats. Yeah, loved him. Just picking them up and sniffing them, going, "Oh, oh. You know, little fluffy little belly." Mm. Mm, that's the good stuff. <laughs> he wasn't Benjamin. He was smoking a pipe and thinking about God. Benjamin, yeah, and then being grumpy. Uh, yeah, go on. <laughs> who is the best? Who the thing about the difference is in in the CSS Lewis's and the J.R.R. Tolkien's though, is that um, J.R.R. Tolkien was a bit of a Johnny Tight Lips. <laughs> what is and a Johnny Tight Lips? So C.S. Lewis was like, um, people would say, C.S. Lewis, have you written a new book? And he's like, yes, I've written a new book. It's about Jesus, but he's a lion. Jesus, but he's a lion. Yes. But he's a lion, like in the Bible, where he's referred to as the lion of Judea. But Benjamin, J.R. Tolkien, if they said, hey, J.R. Tolkien, is this about is this about Jesus? And he'd be like, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't like saying gangster. nothing. I yeah. ain't saying nothing. I'm a New York gangster. Yeah, I'm a New York gangster. I ain't saying nothing. My name is J.R. The most and, obvious Christ figure in J.R.R. Tolkien is is Gandalf, Ben. Yeah, because he has a little resurrection, Michael. He does a resurrection, Ben. Yeah. He sacrifices he little, himself, not for has, the whole of humanity like Jesus Christ, your Lord and Saviour. No, he just does it for the bants. Yeah. He does it, no, he does it for the fellowship, Ben. No, he does it for the bants. Oh, is it uh, for the bants? Yeah, he does it for a bit of a power boost, little uh, little stat boost. Um, yeah. And well, that's why like, Jesus did it too, wasn't it? Yeah, From big old stat boost. Yeah, that's that, that's From exactly what happened in the Bible. Um, our Father who art in stat boosts, um, yeah, hallowed yeah. be thy role. Benjamin. Uh, yes. Have you read the works of J.R.R. Tolkien? I have read The Hobbit and nothing more. You've not read The Lord of the Rings or The Cimmerillion? Uh, I have never attempted The Cimmerillion. It seems very scary. Benjamin. Yes. In The Cimmerillion. We're gonna, I'm going to stick with your incorrect pronunciation. In The Cimmerillion. Yes. Um, there's a god. There's one true god in the world of J.R. Tolkien. Yes. Uru Iluvatar, Ben. Yes. And he's like, I'm going to do a big song and I'm going to create creation. 
Old AA and his pipes. Yes. So, the, so the first thing he does, Ben, is he creates um, he creates a kind of pantheon. Oh, very good. You need an El Pantheon for for he mythology. Cr- he creates exactly, Ben. He creates a pantheon of aspect of himself. Oh, that's that's very godlike, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. And one of them, Ben, is a bit of a contrarian prick. Okay. Okay. Who's the contrarian, um, Michael? No, Ben. Go on. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying I was a contrarian. No, 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 the, no. Con- <laughs> well, you the are. Contrarian is no, not this time. No, I'm not. Benjamin, the contrarian <laughs> is uh, Morgoth. And he's like, ah, fuck this plan. I'm going to do my own plan. I'm going to do my own creation. Is that the fellow with a raging case of pink eye? Why? Because of the big fiery ring, or is it not him? No, no, that's uh, Sauron. Oh, for fuck's sake. Morgoth was Sauron's boss. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how, Melkor, very, how yeah. very similar to our own lives, Michael. Exactly, Benjamin. Yeah. So, in 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 it, right? So Morgoth is like, well, I'm going to sing my own creation, and everyone else is like, now would you just do the creation that all the rest of us are doing? So, <laughs> why do you always have to be different, Morgoth? Well, stop trying to be different, Morgoth. You absolute prick. <laughs> are you making more rings over there? He's like, no, 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 no. That's nothing to do with me. No, that's Sauron. He's grand, but Benjamin, um. So the world, the the mythology of J.R. Tolkien is Morgoth is Satan, obviously. Yes, Satan. So he's he's cast out, Ben. Eventually, very he's, good. You know, he's the essentially the the world of J.R. Tolkien is half of Norse and and Roman mythology and half Christian mythology. He merged them together. Yes. So Gandalf is nowhere near as Jesusy as Aslan, obviously. No. Because it is not through his creation and only through his creation that people can be saved. Mm. Yes, see what I'm saying? Yes, I get so you. So he's much, he's much less Jesus-y. He's a bit Jesus-y. He's a bit Jesus-y. He's, he's considerably less Jesus-y. Considerably less. Michael, he's not the only character, though, Gandalf. Go on. Uh, no, there are loads of characters. There's, you know, um, there's a couple In the world, of, you There's mean? a couple of parallels. This is poor old long-suffering suffering Frodo. Go on. Um, I mean, his little his little trek up the mountain, um, Michael, is is very similar to the the forty days and forty nights and the carrying of the cross. Um, yeah, yeah, and res- and resisting temptation and resisting well. temptation, constant temptation in the form of a little devil called Gollum. Although, in fairness to Jesus, the, he sounds like a grand lad. Um, he he does manage to resist the temptation, unlike uh, Frodo, who doesn't. He gives into the temptation at the end. Yeah, Frodo starts the uh, succumbent. And it's actually Gollum, through his greed, who accidentally wins the day, which isn't a very Christian method. Yeah, bloody... Uh, I mean, it's not actually Judas for the win. Uh, yeah, Judas saves the day. He's like, Judas I shoots. want all that silver. <laughs> Judas scores, um, which is pretty weird, actually, um, when you think about it. How, how do you feel about that, J.R.R.? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, like, J.R.R. was... That's what I'm saying. J.R.R. was much more subtle about it than um, yeah. than C.S., I don't think he let it. Um, I don't think he let it dominate his story in the same way that C.S. Lewis seems to have. Um, mm. And in this case, you're actually right, Michael. Uh, J.R. Tolkien was a cataholic. Um, oh, very good. So you were you were bang on the money there. He was a good old I fashioned died in the wool or sea. I wasn't saying that uh, C.S. Lewis was a Catholic. I was saying he was just addicted to he cats. Was just he was a real cataholic. Just- his house absolutely smelled like cat piss all the time. <laughs> 
Mad it was for, unbelievable. Mad for cats. Mad, mad for, for cats. cats. All the piss was seeping in <laughs> under the floorboards, Ben. We do have some other uh, Christ-like figures that commonly crop up, Michael. Um, Jared, oh, Jared Leto. The actor Jared um, the Leto. Actor, the actor Jared Leto, who fancies himself a bit of a Christ. Um, Go on. So much so that he dresses exactly like him and has his own religion these days, Michael. Go on. Uh, yeah. Did you know that if you're a diehard fan of one Jared Leto, you get to uh, pay an exorbitant amount of money to become part of what is known as the Echelon? Benjamin, I think you're thinking of Jeremy Renner's app. No, very similar though. Very similar. Something to do with the, the J's. Don't name your kids with a J. Not a good idea. Um, yeah, they go on to be weird cult leaders and charismatic money grubbers. It's a weird thing. But uh, yeah, Jared Leto um, has these events out in the American desert um, where he'll like organize all of his most loyal fans uh, to come together and listen to him give inspirational talks. Oh, very good. Yeah, so Jared Leto, Jesus Christ, he's one letter off. He'll probably change it legally to Jared Keto in the future. And uh, then he'll be J- old, good old JC. He'll wear a fat suit. People will think he's selling a high protein diet. Yeah, and he's probably he probably isn't. He's probably eating whatever he wants whilst preaching a high protein diet. But come here to me, Michael. Uh, that was a little funny aside there. But from from one DC character much maligned uh, to a DC character much loved, bloody Superman. Benjamin, Jared Leto is not a DC character. Yes, he is. <laughs> I, think, yes, he is. I think you're blending real life no, and fiction he's a grad. He's the villain in the next Suicide Squad. It's going to be bloody <laughs> uh, Idris Elba versus, versus actor Jared Leto playing Jared Leto. Um, I would love if the actor Jared Leto was the villain in the Suicide Squad film. I would be 100% on board for that. Uh, Well, that's good because it's coming out in 2024. Uh, Very good. So, come here to me. Superman is probably, uh, probably the one that people are most familiar with, Michael. But initially, in his early days... um, Nothing to do with Jesus. Nothing to do with Jesus. And this is where it gets kind of interesting. So, in the early days... Fuck all to do with Jesus, Michael. Just an alien, big strong alien. Just a fella. big strong alien fella with a strong moral compass, and doing a big lep. He, was, he loved a lep. Oh, what a lep! Um, Lepping over stuff he was. And he was a, he, he was a big fan, you know. Um, but over time, Michael, especially when we brought him to screen, um, there seems to have been a real push towards a Christ-like comparison. Mm. Um, particularly in Superman 2 the Richard Donner vehicle go on um, we start to we start to get um, we start to get the moral dilemma of Superman go on uh, and Superman wants to choose between the heavy burden of being Superman and a good old fashioned life with one bloody Lois Lane you know, right? What's this got to do with Jesus? Oh well, Michael, let's get into it. So, all right. Um, one of the things that happens is Jesus had to abstain, Michael, for most of his entire life. Um, allegedly, allegedly, Not if you oh, there's, read, there's, uh, there's that 15 year gap, Michael. What? What? What book? What Dan Dan Brown book was it that that said Jesus didn't abstain? Which one was it? Was it the Da Vinci Code or the other one? Uh, no, I think it was the Halliday Project. Um, oh, sorry. I thought we were just making up names for things. Um, no, 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 no. It's a real book. Uh, it, was, it was either Da Vinci Code or Angels and Devils. Angels and Demons, of course. Angels it and was, Demons, obviously. Angels. And- That's the one with Paul Bettany coming to get you, isn't it? No, I think the Da Vinci Code is the one with Paul Bettany coming to get you. Who's coming to get you in Angels and Demons? Oh, uh, Ewan McGregor is the young pope. Oh, okay. 
Right. He's coming to get you. Fucking hell. Um, religious stuff is weird, man. But, uh, yeah, so in in Superman 2, or Superman Returns... Yes. Um, no. They're different films. No, sorry, Superman 2, we get the whole abstinence responsibility thing, right? Right. And that becomes a, a big kind of part of it. And, you know, Jesus has to... Well, sorry, Superman has to make a decision... <laughs> Between being happy and saving the world, basically. Uh, what a Freudian faux pas. And ultimately, he makes the big sacrifice and chooses not to sleep at Lois Lane, except that it's grand. Everything's fine. Um, but at the end, Michael, of the Richard Donner Superman films, he leaves the planet. Go on. Um, so Superman makes the big sacrifice and then realises that he can't possibly get in the way of humanity anymore. He's done. He's done the most he can do for them. And now he's got to go. Yes, Benjamin. I see. I think a little bit tenuous, though. Uh, well, that's fine, Michael. Um, but then comes the redefining of Superman uh, with Superman Returns, starring Brandon Ruth. Brandon Ruth? Brandon Ruth. Noted, uh, looked-over actor on the Superman list, uh, Brandon mm. Ruth, who was chosen because he looks more like uh, Christopher Reeve than anything else, I think. Yeah. Um, and in that, Michael, it, it changes his origin a little bit. Go on. So initially, Michael, when Superman was sent to Earth, it's because his planet is dying. It's that simple. Yeah. Um, and Jor-El and Lar-El, or Lar- I can't remember her exact name, Jor-El and Lar-El, his parents, go, oh, I'd really prefer it if my child didn't die. Mm, put him in a spaceship. Put him in a spaceship, send him on. So they pulled an El Cuckoo, Michael, and they launched Superman onto another planet to keep him safe. And that was fine. Yeah. Okay, but in this movie, Michael, it it begins the weird reimagining that Jor-El sends Superman to Earth to guide Ah, people on Earth. Ah, I see your allegory now, Ben. Yeah, so uh, the film itself... has the has the phrase they can be great people Kal-El they wish to be they only mm. lack the light to show the way for this reason above all their capacity for good I have sent them you my only son now Michael I have heard that speech in my childhood having to go to bloody mass on Sundays um, you also heard it in the Irish television show Faith and Forgiveness starring Tamo and JC <laughs> classic it's classic. It's it's the opening line of my uh, of my of my pitch. If you're retelling of the Jesus story in Ireland, <laughs> Benjamin, I hadn't picked up on that because I had been distracted by the absolute lack of subtlety of Zack Snyder's Superman. Yeah, Jesus Paradise. Well, I mean, so there again grows the association with Christ because uh, David S. Goyer, the screenwriter for this, Michael. Oh God, he has a semi for Jesus at all times, apparently. Non-stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, Semis for Christ, I believe, is the organisation he's a part for. Um, hmm. And in that, Michael, we get loads of imagery that aligns Superman with Christ. Um, lots of uh, stained glass motifs, lots of benevolent yeah. looks as humanity mm-hmm. makes silly decisions. I have never seen Superman look so smug um, when generals are trying to debate what to do with him and he's just like, oh, you simple humans. You have no idea. Yes. Um, mm. And yeah, He's 33. He's 33. Very Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Michael. And most importantly, I think, um, you know, he's for, he, he, he kills Zod. And as we all know, that's what Jesus really resorted to in the final season of Faith and Forgiveness, um, which was just mm. going around snapping people's necks. 
snaps Jesus's neck and he's like you saw me out you son of a bitch for 40 silver snap yeah and then he sticks a little communion wafer in your mouth as his calling card <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> yeah. obviously Superman Superman really absorbed a lot of those Jesus parallels when the death and resurrection of Superman became one of the defining character traits it is it is the uh, death of death in comics Michael it's it's one of his greatest ones he, he still harps on about it sometimes when people are like oh you wouldn't understand it you've been vulnerable he's always like well I died it's like yeah but you- I died and I came back for your sins you son, yeah, of, a son of a bitch and he gives them a little slap and their whole face falls off because Superman can't go around mm. slapping people um, they fly into space Benjamin yeah they're very heavy on just the Christ imagery, especially in Man of Steel. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He flies up into space, Benjamin, and he's dying in space. It's insane. And uh, he just falls into a crucifix pose. Yes. And, like, absorbs the light of, of the sun. But, you know, he might, God, I'm not saying it's God's light, Ben, but... The one true light. Just some common regarding light. The one and true light. Is, is reborn as humankind's redemption. Yeah. It's absolute insanity, Ben. I, I think as well, you know, um, one of the things I find fascinating there is is the one of the things David Escoyer mentioned in an interview is how he felt like uh, Jonathan Kent was a Joseph figure. Because um, Kevin Costner's role in that movie is is negligible. Um, so no, he's like, "Watch out! There's a big tornado. Don't worry, all sorts." So of. much so that he refuses to let his son save him, yeah. so as not yeah. to reveal. So what he does is he looks his son in the eye, and I will never forget this scene. He looks his son in the eye, holds up his hand, and goes, "No, wait." Yeah, yeah. Now Superman could sort this out in a pinch, right? Yeah. Martha Kent is watching this happen. <laughs> and then Kevin Costner kind of walks a little bit into the tornado and that's that yeah he's gone oh he's gone he's gone up in the air Benjamin it has to teach him the value of uh, sacrifice and redemption it has to teach him the value of not fucking doing that when people are in trouble it's an awful lesson awful lesson terrible thought <laughs> Benjamin who else is Jesus uh, uh, there's a few other ones there Michael one of your favourites Optimus Prime Go on, I don't think so, but go uh, on. Particularly in the Michael Bay iterations, Michael, there's a, there's oh, okay. a, there's a lot of Christing going on with him there. Um, he's, he's died and resurrected a few times. He's died and resurrected a few times, Michael. The All Spark. Mm. That's a funny little name for God's light, isn't it? Oh, very the interesting. Spark of creation. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not as strong a parallel. I, I, I definitely don't think it's in the L cartoons, Michael. Um, no, in the cartoons, he just dies. He just dies a lot in the cartoons. Oh, well, in the first cartoon, he just died. Ben. Oh, did he? Was that it? It was so. Yeah, they brought him back temporarily, but then they brought him back years later, as they always do. But the thing about. You see, I think, he, I think Optimus Prime is immune from Christ comparisons. Go on. Because the reason they killed Optimus Prime yeah. was to sell the Rodimus Prime toy. Okay, what's Rodimus That's Prime? That's not a Jesus parallel to me. Uh, what's Rodimus Prime? He was Optimus Prime's replacement. That's replacement. Ah, replacement yeah. Prime, a classic. Replacement Prime, um, a classic. Yeah, they were sick of trying to sell the Optimus Prime toy, so they killed him off. There's nothing about redeeming humankind or so. Only, like Aslan going, only through me can you enter paradise. You son of a bitch, yeah, go in through my mouth. That's real weird, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> um, if you go in through his butt, Ben, then it's paradise for him. It's not for oh. you. <laughs> 
So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, um, going straight up a lion's ass. Anal stimulation and big cats. Um, <laughs> happy Easter, ladies and gentlemen. Bye bye. Um, no, ladies and gentlemen, what Christ figures have we missed? What Christ figures are your favourites? And what Christ figures in pop culture do you give you the ick? Um, the ick. I think one of the interesting ones that we get is one of the inversions of it is probably um, Homelander in the boys. Um, you know, like a sinister Christ. Um, all, is he a Christ though? He's not a Christ. He's sold as Christ by Voight though. He's he's given a whole um, you know um, homespun all American feel, and part of that is his faith and you know his ability to save you. But he's a big bollocks, Michael. He's a big bollocks, but I, I I would argue he's not a Christ figure. He's a Superman figure, sure, and because of Superman's association with Christ, now you you might be able to make a very tenuous link. But there's no. There's no, there's no um, moment of denial. There's no um, sacrifice and redemption. There's no only through this sacrifice of this person can the rest of us be saved. You yeah. know, he's not. He's, I, I, he's not really an inversion so much as he's just not a Christ figure. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough, Michael. We'll end on it. We'll end on a low note then. Um, Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin, I've been up on the Discord. There's a couple of things Go you on, need to say. Do from a the Discord, Discord roundup. Benjamin, we'll do a quick Discord roundup. Your good friend and mine, Benjamin, Sean Nortridge, has been in touch with the good news that cinema's coming back to Tala. Oh, what? Exactly, Ben. You and I have been lamenting the lack of cinema in Tala, but it's coming back. Where, where is it Where is it coming back to? The Square, Ben. Oh, it's going to get a new cinema. What's it getting? A view? It's getting the people from Movies At. What's that? Dundrum. The people oh, from Movies look At, at them Dundrum. branching out to a Tala. Exactly. So there's going to be a movies at Dundrum, movies at Swords, and movies at the Square. I really find that strange. The branding is poor. But anyway, Movie, movies at movies at Benjamin. Yeah, go on. What else? Um, I've been reading Stormfront, Benjamin, on the recommendation of Connor. I have finished Stormfront on the recommendation of Connor. I tell you what, Ben. I think Connor likes it so much because the main character is basically Connor. Yeah, I think I think that's probably largely it, both in physical description and magical ability. Exactly, yeah. He's just a big, gangly, dark-haired, trench coat-wearing man who's doing magic powers on everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like how Connor used his magic powers on our listeners. Yeah, because they all love him and keep petitioning to replace me with Connor, which really hurts if you could get stop that guy. Yeah, the hashtag get rid of Ben. I um, noticed that you said, are the original tweet in that particular thread, so thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm up on Twitter. I'm always trying to cause problems. Yeah. Um, that's it, Ben. That's all I have. That's, That's all, all have you got. Me. Ladies and gentlemen, you too could get your name casually sort of dropped on the podcast in the Discord roundup. If you get up on that Discord and get in touch with us, there's a couple of other ways to get in touch with us as well. You can find us on the interwebs at www.showmreview.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room and Irish. It does indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, we would love your ideas because we don't have any left. We're all out no, of is. ideas. We were supposed to do leaky spigots this week and we fucked it because it's Easter and we forgot. It's Easter. Um, yeah. So we did an Easter-themed episode instead. We will be doing leaky spigots next week. But after that, we've got nothing. Or will we? Yeah. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying nothing. Um... You can tune in to RTE this Sunday to watch Faith and Forgiveness starring Jamie Dornan as JC and Aidan Gillen <laughs> as God. Um, oh, very so good. Yeah. Okay, I'd watch that. Um, that's pretty good. You can also find us on Instagram at your and Podcast. Always with the latest news and info. <laughs> Bye. All right, see you next week. It's, not, it's almost never updated. <laughs> that's the joke. See you later. Bye. Have a nice Easter. Bye. Don't get too many eggs. Yeah, don't eat too many eggs. Watch out for dogs. Watch out for dogs and diabetes. Bye. I'm going to go give my cats a...
Got to give my cats a big sniff. <laughs>